The good people effect is something very special that happens when we surround ourselves with the right people to help us grow. The show is based on three main pillars, which are creativity, adventure, and purposeful living. My intention is to create positive momentum in the direction of real human growth. And I believe by taking a glimpse into the lives and minds of good people through deep conversations, we have the opportunity to open ourselves up to immense growth that can be later injected back into this crazy world. This is more than just another podcast. It's an energy of intentional growth that's been manifested from the beauty of the creative spirit, the call for adventure, and the power of purposeful living. Welcome back to the Good People Effect podcast. I'm so happy to have you back on the show and I'm so grateful uh, that you're taking the time to really accelerate your journey of self-discovery and conscious growth through these deep conversations with good people. Uh, today's guest is Izzy El Ubadai. I hope I said that right. Uh, so I was recently in Austin, Texas and I, I went to what I'm sure is... I'm sure it's the craziest party that I've ever been to in my life. It was a Halloween dress-up party that was unimaginably overwhelming. I felt like I was literally in hell and the DJ was the devil. And I think that he actually was dressed up as the devil. Anyways, I'm not going to get into the dirty details of this party, but let's just say I was, I was very out of my element. And not to mention I wasn't dressed for the occasion. So I ordered a ride and I got the hell out of there. And Izzy was the, was the driver that actually picked me up. And it was like, ah, like this angel had arrived and I was saved. And on the drive home, he shared this amazing story with me that reflected immense courage and highlighted the power of intention in life. So I just had to get him on the show. So today we're talking about being intentional in life with Izzy. Uh, this episode is also available on my YouTube channel, Today Dreamer. Today Dreamer is one word. So... I'm going to also be putting together uh, videos that take practical bits of information, useful things that you can actually apply in your life today, and I'll be putting them into videos on the channel. So one's already available on there from last week's episode with Susan Piver going deep, deep, deep in meditation. So if you're interested in deepening your practice, head over to that, that episode on there or even on here. Uh, but the videos are really set to help you improve your focus and take action in your life. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please mindfully tap that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the good videos. Uh, I don't know if they're good or not, but any of the videos that I release weekly to help you on your own journey of self-discovery and conscious growth. And please consider telling one friend about it. Uh, but here's my chat with Izzy on intentionally you know, moving forward through life. Man, it was so funny how easily we talked about random stuff pertinent but now we're on the spot yeah now we're on the spot dude yeah. hate it um what did we talk about last what were we trying to stop talking about I we mean, intentionally stopped talking i literally intentionally walked away so that we would have material <laughs> i think i think what we were talking about last in the car was uh we were we were discussing hope at some point yes and we were talking about uh how it can be uh lonely when you when you're empathetic and you might not receive the same from other people as you like you might not people might can not consider you as much as you consider them in, mm. in some instances and but when you do meet someone that does have that kind of i guess emotional intelligence yeah. or social intelligence yeah then it's it's quite a rewarding experience i know we touched on that yeah um and then i i don't know i didn't really find out much about who you were until we kind of added each other on instagram and i had a quick look at instagram and it was just like all this like 
personal training stuff. But it seemed Why did you roll your eyes? I'm just kidding, no. No, I'm kidding, no. <laughs> but it was like, it wasn't just personal training. It seemed to be, there seemed to be a lot of stuff on kind of mental training within that. I guess that's a, a, a sub kind of element of personal training. Mm. Uh, so you were looking at the physical and the mental kind of more than I've ever seen done before. And I also saw on there that it was like, you've won the best personal training in Austin for a couple of years in a row. Yeah. Why don't we start there? Tell me yeah. about how you won uh, this this best trainer of Austin yeah. or whatever, whatever. No, that's a, that's a great one. I want to say, dude, thanks for remembering everything we talk about. That's, that's really a rarity. Um, and I think it's so cool how we live in a world where the best trainer in Austin or even anyone in, with operations to receive anything like that who hustles in that regard can still also want to pursue another means of an income and that through that means find somebody meet somebody by chance and it be a really great 10 to 15 minute car ride that has like fruition itself into this podcast like that's funny you know it's it's neat um and i love that and i want to take time to even acknowledge that um and i think even being someone who takes time to acknowledge that is what maybe differentiates uh people uh, and propels them into a certain status of being the best at something, you know, oftentimes when it, when it comes to being the best at anything, we think it has to just solely do with production or maybe just numbers. Maybe you're the best trainer. If you have the most clients, maybe you're the best trainer because you have a PhD in biomechanics, right? Um, maybe you're the best in Austin because you've accrued a huge network of people that you've given kind of a lasting impression on that are willing to vote for you. Um, I believe it's the latter with me. I, I really, really have tried to live my life, um, in a way where I try to make, I try to do more than what money can do. And, and what Warren Buffett says, he says that how you make people feel will do more than what money ever will. And it, the first time I've ever heard that it just hit me so hard and it was true. And I realized like we really, as humans through a connection can really evoke a lot of amazing feelings, experiences, anything. You know what I mean? And I think that's why I, I yearn for some sort of connection with my clients uh, and with the people I encounter on and off the mat in or out of the gym. Um, and I think sometimes you can tell someone might really be great at what they do without even seeing them do that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's interesting when you think about the way you make people feel. And if you look at that, that just that one point, I feel like Sandy's having some water, right? Dude, 100%. <laughs> also, I think my mic is falling, so I got to watch out. No, nah, it's fine. Just fix it up, whatever. But, um, yeah, when you make, when it's all about how you make people feel. When I was reading this quote, that's kind of like people won't remember what you said. They may not remember what you did, but they'll always remember the way you made them feel. Yeah. And when I was looking at this quote, it was, it was to do with kind of some branding that I was working on in regards to the good people effect and, and trying to really establish what I'm doing here and who, that, who I'm trying to make this show for and, and being clear on that. And I think looking at just looking at that one point and how you make people feel and focusing mm. on that can really help you, um, you making someone else feel good, even though it might not directly be something that benefits you or you might not get any money for it yeah. or it might not be something that, you know, you really do for yourself. You're doing it for others. You still get rewarded in very interesting yeah. ways from that. Yeah. Have and you, even if you kind of like uh, quantify it, right, because some people can operate in this way, very empathetic, emotional, kind of non-tangible abstract. And some people really do need, can operate the exact same way. And they might be more 
along the lines of a quantifiable style of thinking. And if you look, if you want to go quantifiable, you can call it non-monetary ROI. You know, there, there are so many things that we can do that have to do with feelings that includes no transaction of any kind of cash. And if we start realizing that we really, we really start kind of breaking the barrier, the kind of bridging the gap between consumer and producer. You know what I mean? We know it's out there. We're what do you mean bridging the gap between consumer and producer? In terms of relationships, like, you know what I mean? Um, there are a lot of people that want to purchase with intention today. Um, they want to have trainers that really listen. Um, we have had, whether you're 26 or 50, you've lived enough life to realize, okay, some people are just in it for the money and you can smell that, right? But when you have someone that's maybe genuine, you start realizing, okay, this person, yes, like money's involved, but they really care about their craft or maybe they really care about me, which is why this hour always feels so valuable, right? I may not give the equivalent value of like a PhD personal trainer, but I, I make up in that in other areas. And I think a lot of other people do so as well. And we got to keep thinking that when we create labels like best or being good at something, we got to be very holistic, like our fitness, right? We got to be holistic, like in our diet, got to be holistic, like in our whole life, got to be very well balanced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're a great trainer, you have to have good bedside manner, right? Apply that to being a good manager. You could really create amazing results for the higher level management to really be in awe of you, but also how, how are you leading? Are you, are you a boss or are you a leader, right? There's a difference in that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you start doing things with a specific amount of intention. Mm -hmm. I noticed that on your Instagram, actually. You said, be intentional. That's like the first thing you see yeah, dude. as you go on the page. And yep. I think it's the, this non this idea of non-monetary ROI is interesting. It's interesting how when you put an amount of effort into something, an amount of work or an amount of intention, then things start to happen. And there's there's some kind of a reaction that happens, mm -hmm. even if you can't take it. Uh, so if, if you can't see, see it, it yeah. smell it or taste it, 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 it does happen. And enough of that in a positive way has a really positive impact and, and it goes the other way as well. Um, so do you think that all kind of connects up to you winning that award? 100%, 100%. I can say that with surety and the utmost confidence um, because again, like I know I'm not the best, um, and I want to keep feeling like I'm not the best. Um, I want to keep growing. If I truly thought that that accolade, as small as it really is, it, we're, it's just a city and all, like we're just one city actually, it's Austin. Um, you know, I do, I would like to strive to be the best at my craft, but I think it's going to, it's going to be a, in a lot of non-quantifiable ways, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I think, I think unless there's a reform in this industry that lines up with maybe what I'm talking about right now there might just be one kind of best all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I think that's even talking about reform. Like the closer we get to better fitness, to this best type of fitness, this best type of health, the closer we are getting to our full human potential. What kind of things led you on to this path of thinking? What kind of things? Because not everyone talk, thinks about doing things intentionally. And, yeah. and was it something to do with uh, being a personal trainer and studying that or was there you know other parts in your life that kind of led you down this path? Yeah, I, so it actually started um, when I was a pastor. It's A lot of people don't know I used to be a pastor. Um, it was when I was very young and when I worked with people as a pastor and I worked in the church, um, I, I realized that when you're working with people's emotions, not working with, when, when you're, when you're when you're interacting with people and when you're, when deep emotions and real life, like finances, kids being sick, 
deaths, um, you know, drugs, every, when those things are at play, intention is everything. Like, it's cool. Like, let's get healthy. I could, you know, you can fake that. You can get somebody healthy and be a shitty person. You can't be a shitty person and try to really help people with their emotion, right? With their emotional health or their mental, um, even with their like spiritual, you know, it's, that's when it really starts showing you really, you know, you can tell like I'm equipped for this or I need some, some of my own work. And so I realized like, I want to ask why I am doing everything now wanting to do it and actually doing it are two very different things. Um, you know, although I am this guy that everyone in the community jokes about me using the word intentional, right? Like I'm the, the poster child of intentionality, but I'm not perfect at it. Right. But I think wanting to pursue intention, wanting to intentionally with motive, right? So wanting to know our own motives, um, wanting, wanting to know why our motives are the way they are. Like asking yourself why your why is the way it is. Poof. That's some next level stuff. And if you really want to help people, you, you, you have to start thinking like that. Um, I just, I really want to help people, man. I really want to help people. And I don't think it's going to happen by Instagram motivational posts, or I don't think it's even just getting somebody to feel sexy. Nah, dude, even our online training programs, like we're dealing with deep mental things. The reason why, like why you want to get healthy has everything to do with what we're doing. Let's talk about that. Why? Right. I had some clients talk about them realizing that a lot of their reasoning for their pursuit of health came from wanting to impress the other gender. Right. So we're living a life from that perspective coming in rather than starting here and living outwardly. Um, and we can only address that when we come across it within ourselves. The only time I think we ever come across those things are amidst trauma or challenges, sometimes both are the same, but fitness and pursuing your health is a really intense challenge. It has to do with discipline, consistency. It is in that state of attempting discipline, attempting consistency that you realize kind of who you are and you might fall short of what you thought you were. You also might be a little bit further ahead than you thought you were. You might impress yourself, but you start seeing yourself and you start seeing where you might lack and you realize, dang, why, why am I lacking? I don't know, man. When you, when you face the abyss, you start asking yourself a couple questions and the abyss can be anything, a burpee, financial troubles, codependency in your relationships, previous abuse, it can be anything, right? But the physical and mental t are tied hand in hand, dude. I, I can't skip over it when I'm working with people. That makes sense. It'd be interesting being a fly on the wall, hearing someone tell you that they're wanting to get into something to impress the opposite sex. And I'm, I mean, I've been there before. I'm sure yeah, a lot of us We have. all do, yeah. And, I'm, and it's interesting how when, we, when we're thinking about our fitness, I mean, I've, I've started thinking about things in a, in a very different way than I used to. I used mm. to think about things in, like, in a way that I had to always, you know, strive towards this perfect point of being where everything's kind of aligned and everything's in balance. And I think I've actually hit it a couple of times, but it's not sustainable. And, yeah. it's, and it's something that I feel like is like this kind of elusive um, mm. thing that people chase that I definitely have been in that boat. And I've definitely chased that as well. And one of the things that fall into that, into those, um, those ways of evaluating yourself and whether you're in balance or not, is your fitness and is how your body looks yeah, and is how attractive you are to the yeah. opposite sex. But what I've realized recently, and this is kind of, uh, I guess, an internal lesson, is that things can go out of whack as long as you're conscious of that happening. Uh. And they kind of need to go out of whack so that you can really pursue something. Yes. And then, you know, there, there needs to be a point where you can take a break from whatever you're pursuing and then turn that focus in another yeah. direction and push that forward 
And I feel like that really accelerates me personally further mm. than, than trying to, you know, have everything balanced at the same time. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, it's in that lack of control that we learn what even balance is and why should we should want it. You know mm. what I mean? But it's, it's funny, man. Um, yeah. Fitness is a great tool to start life's journey. Uh, it's one of the first areas where we can, there's just a lot there. Uh, we learn of patience. We learn of discipline. We dude, like be, having, having been in this industry for a little while, I'm just noticing trends and they make sense. Like why in this industry is it so saturated, right? Why are customers typically or clients typically like two or three months turnarounds, right? Why is it so rare to have a lifer? Um, it's because right now you're probably training a 35 year old or below in our generation, maybe up or down a couple of years where we learned of the microwave. We started, we were conditioned to press numbers and get something. We applied that to other things and we've applied that logic to our body. Um, really doing it right, trusting the process, trusting someone in the process is going to really revamp a lot of what you believed on how the body works. And then you realize, dude, this whole, this patient thing, this, this nature of how time works with change, I, dang, it looks like it's being applied everywhere. Financial change, mental change, you know, getting rid of anxiety. It's not easy. It takes a while in the same way that the body changes, you know what I mean? And it just, at some point you just realize like, okay, all right, change takes time. So let's, let's wait. It's interesting when you're talking about the similarities between personal training and life. I feel like when you look at anything deep enough, any kind of process or journey or um, kind of, uh, I don't know, like for an example, like you could apply the same thing with poker. There's a lot of lessons, a lot of similarities between learning poker and learning life. There's a lot of similarities to from learning how to, you know, build a house to, to life. Right? Yeah. So you can find these similarities in anything you do, but it's important to be on the lookout for them and, and, and see what kind of lessons you can draw from those yep. those kind of uh, that, that kind of a comparison yeah. what what what's the process when someone tells you when someone tells you I want to get fit and I want you know I really want to get a good body and I want to look good uh, where do you begin and how do you kind of take them like yeah. what kind of journey do you take them on <laughs> I usually always <laughs> I always ask why like I, I want to know why I have to because when I know their why, I'm starting to know who they are. Mm. And I can start getting a read on how long this is likely going to be the case. I want to get a good body and I want to, I want to feel good. Maybe they say this, the same things. Maybe, they, maybe you know, some, some of us know how to say the thing we ought to say and we do it, but we really don't know why. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Sounds right. Came out right. Motive is incorrect still, right? So that's, a, that's kind of like a, not a dishonesty or miscommunication, but they just said the right thing. Uh, but they didn't believe that real thing. So like, the mo- when the motive's not correct, because who are we so to judge look, on check their it, check motive? It. I, I, usually, I usually, let's say they come up to me and they're like, hey, there's two scenarios. It's usually like, hey, I want to pursue optimality mm. uh, and different varieties of saying that. Or it's, hey, I want to look better, right? Sometimes you got variations that say something that are certain flags or attention raisers where it's, hey, I want to look good, but I know it comes with, you know, this, this, and that. And so there's always a caveat, kind of a justification. And all those things say something, and it tells me likelihood of what they might do, right? So then I can assess, okay, it's purely looks with this person. I'm going to have to, and I, I'm sure I, I'm starting to understand, like, what their idea of fitness is. So then 
what their expectation of what our session is going to be. I, I created expectation management. And now that I know it's someone that might just want to look hot for the gram, when that's the case, we'll do some things to obviously satiate this need, this feeling to be like, this was a good session, right? But I think I can do that in hand with offering some virtuous approaches to this health thing, some intentional approaches, right? Like we're going to get sexy. You're going to get sexy, but let me be realistic with how long it's going to take, what we're going to have to do, what it's supposed to look like, your homework. Oh yeah. Wait, homework. Yep. You heard right. You think you're going to look sexy with just seeing me twice a week and me not knowing what you eat? No, there's no way. So we're going to talk. Oh yeah. I know we, I roll. We're going to talk diet. I roll. We're going to have to start rolling. You're tight. You know, like, so they realize like, Oh shit, there's more to this than just doing squats, <laughs> you know, doing, doing 15 second things on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So they realize that. And some people are turned off by that. And some people are intrigued by it. And I get to build on that. I can't control the people that are turned off by it. I can't stress about losing a sale. It's happened so many times. And frankly, when you're really good at what you you do and you want to and ready, you want to get better at what you do, you start not settling for clients. You start taking control and you start initiating something that gives you creative freedom in your craft, creative freedom in your schedule to say no to clients based off of their, I don't know, the whole vetting process based on kind of what you what your idea of them is if i can already tell this is going to be a horrible session and it's just going to be weird let's honor this time let's crank it out but i'm probably not going to work want to work with you and i'll give you the reasons why i'm going to be honest you know mm. um yeah i, I think, think the word craft is very interesting that you use oh yeah that because it's like you're looking at it in a specific way and that i think makes makes what you do uh done it's done with a bit more intention it's yeah. done with a little bit more i guess care and and you're and you're it looks like you're trying to improve things when you look at that from things from that angle instead of yeah. just i'm gonna go to work right now and i'm just gonna kind of do what i need to do and get paid and yeah and get out of there do you know what i mean uh so how did you go from how did you go from being a pastor which i don't really even know what that means it's something like yeah, a priest, something means a lot yeah a version uh, of a priest yeah southern baptist yeah. And then how'd you go from that from a young age to going into personal training? Yeah. Um, personal training has kind of existed in my life for a long, long time prior to all that. Um, I usually tell the story of learning about protein and what it was. I was a soccer player and I loved playing soccer so much so that I wanted to learn how to get way better at it. And I, my buddy, I always mention him, David Deweese, one of my best friends, he told me to sip on a protein drink. That's when I first learned that there are things we can ingest that change our body. Um, and so as a result, I learned there's a lot more certain protocols we can enact and our body changes so we can impose certain stimuli and our body reacts accordingly. It's almost right? like How a factory. It, exactly like mm. a factory. It sounds very equational. That's mm. because it is. Mm. Um, and so I learned of that and, um, throughout like college, high school, I start, you know, I train the kids, uh, in the neighborhood with soccer, soccer classes, soccer drills, help them make the team. Um, I would train their parents, you know, train everybody in the neighborhood. And then, uh, cause they would see me, I would like literally run the neighborhood with a soccer ball. I would juggle all the way around. I would kick on the goal. I would like, you know, jog with ankle weights. So I was known as that. Cause I tried to, you know, practice what I preach even at a young age. Um, and it was, it was evident. Right. And I think when you do the right thing, you almost, you don't sell, you just truth, you just offer up, Hey, I'm here. If you need it, if you're, the, if you're really good at what you do mm. and you really do produce intentional great results, you don't have to do crazy outreach and convince two people to buy. Like, what if convincing is already done without having anything to do with me, right? And so it happened at an early age to 
where I realized like, I want to do this, you know? And I was, um, one thing led to another and I, I became a pastor. I went to school for that and I was reading philosophy and I, uh, and this kind of leads into why I even am. So I, I try to be, uh, intentional is I read Plato's apology, which said that, um, the, he based Socrates was basically saying that the unexamined life is not worth living. And I got a tattoo like that's it. It had a, a profound effect on me. I, I realized that I was living a script um, and I was doing this because it was safe because a lot of people said that I should be a pastor um, and romanticized it. And it was safe for me because I was dealing with a lot of identity things at that time in my life. I was recently adopted. And so I just wanted a place to belong. And I quickly jumped on that and I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and so I came back and I kind of went all in on something that I thought um, I wanted to do for, for a long, long time, you know, that I found value and I found purpose in. I felt like I had the giftings for it or some preconceived like nuances for it essentially, or, you know, preconditionings. I just had a passion for it too, you know, and I wanted, I loved helping people. I, I wanted, wanted people to feel what, you know, I felt when I felt free, you know, running, being in control, free, you know, having control of my own destiny, like being able to change my body and therefore changing my perception of myself, uh, learning of change. Um, yeah, man. And I want, I wanted that for people. And so I just, I went all in and, you know, I was wise. I like to think, and I, even when it came to marketing and, you know, when you first start up, like I just thought about how do people work? Like, how would I buy me like what I want to buy training for me why how you know and so I just kind of kept going with my gut um what was yeah. that what was that process like how did it feel like to make that pivot and, and give up on something that you had already studied on to pursue something that was it was know? scary dude it was very scary it was very ugly um a lot of regression emotionally mentally um a lot of financial regression a lot of risk taking a, a lot of us aren't taking risks man I mean, I was doing what we all do, just choosing the comfortable route. Um, and when you take the risk, I mean, you take the risk. And if you don't do it calculatedly, then you can really screw yourself. So there were months, remember I had my cars repoed, uh, months I didn't make rent, you know. Um, yeah, man, it was tough, but that's kind of it, you know. Some people skip that stage because they just learn how to be prepared from an early age. I unfortunately wasn't, I wasn't taught that very well. And I didn't, I wasn't aware enough at the time to be really able to learn from mistakes resulting from unpreparedness. So I would have a great job like at Apple and I would quit um, because I, I just had a client and then I was like, oh, it's going to blow up. I can't prematurely quit, things like that. So yeah, but you have to go through them though. Um, and I'm thankful I did because they make me appreciate a lot of things now and it makes me really, it taught me a lot of lesson. You know, um, money management, preparedness, planning, organization, discipline, patience, all those, they're everything, as, as some of the Stoics like to say, everything can serve a purpose or a lesson, dude. So at the moment, they definitely didn't feel like it, but they are amazing times in my life that I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change for the world. Just wanted to throw out a huge hug your way and a big thank you for taking the time to, you know, connect with me and, and with Izzy and to listen to this episode. If you're enjoying the show, please consider hitting that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the good stuff coming your way. I've also got a YouTube channel called Today Dreamer, which is all one word, where you can find videos on this kind of stuff if you enjoy watching YouTube videos. Um, yeah, check it out.
that whole thing is is is, is crazy, right? I mean, as we even talked about it in the in the car, man. Um, I came here and I was I I told him I told you that I was trying to get rid of my accent because um, kids here are like really rough to foreigners with accents, so. You wanted to know like where I came from, and it was weird because I think I told you like, hey, yeah, you know, my dad got a job at first. I did tell you that. I think I think I just kept it light, like I was gonna be whatever. I kept digging up. Yeah, you did. You did though. You did. You kept digging, and it was it was really cool though because it was just it was organic, man. Like it was not like over the top. And then I I told you that um, when we were younger, our dad took us from our mom uh, when we were like nine or ten. and it's really hard to figure out like the ages and all that back then because it's such a long time ago. It's very traumatic too. Do you feel like um, saying that to a stranger made it a little bit easier than if you were to say it to someone that you knew? It really is easy, you know. Having having ha- just not you know whether it's a stranger or not, I usually just it, it, I try to read the room, right? Like, is it appropriate? And some people, it's just not appropriate to you know have that. You got to read the room, but I I kind of had that confirmation with you wanting to know more. I was like, oh yeah, let's do it. You seem like anyone who wants to dig, right, and ask more, um, they have that subtle like intent to want to know more and they are they want to learn more. So I was like, all right, like maybe this is a cool thing to share with a stranger, right? And at that point I, I, I discerned like, hey, good vibes, right? Good questions, good intention, good communication so far. You can read that pretty quick and then you're like, oh yeah, this is appropriate. So yeah, I kind of laid that bomb on you, dude. Um, but I, did, I think I did it in a way that was intriguing. Again. No, it, was it wasn't good. like, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a good bomb. It was um, a good bomb. <laughs> I want to hear more. Bomb. So, I mean, no, yeah, it so. sounds like a weird thing to press on, but no, I dude. just found it really fascinating, this position that you're now in because of that. So if everyone doesn't know, so you said that um, your dad took you from your mom when you were younger. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of what happened after that? Like, yeah, so I mean, he kind of, the, the why really, right? Like why would a father take his, his kids away mm. from his mom? Um, my dad was in, into some shady dealings. He was like the Pablo Escobar of Germany. Really? Uh, sex trafficking, in charge of it all, and, and in charge of a lot of drug trafficking. And so I grew up like just watching a lot of this stuff go down, seeing people like die, like at an early age, being in a bar. Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in a poker game once when I was four. I remember literally, I, this is a phrase I always say, I sometimes don't like saying it because how rehearsed it can sound, but it's just a landmark moment in my life where I was on a, on a, on a poker table, you know, and I think I was on prostitutes laps, just sitting there like, what's up, what's going on? And like people would throw like pounds of Coke on the table. You know, some people would get into fights and stuff like that. You know, I'm just like, stab you know like how old were you uh, four yeah four to six you know yeah um and so seeing that i mean it definitely like changes you when you see that as like a four-year-old you're like that's normal you know like that's normal to a four-year-old's brain um maybe not i mean it's traumatic it's just one of the first experiences at that point i should be like looking at teletubbies you know but i wasn't (laughs) so it should but it's definitely something very unusual yeah right yeah yeah maybe not Teletubbies. (laughs) he's like it's propaganda no but um yeah so i grew up with that and my dad got into some some like heat with the law and decided to kind of run away from germany and take us with him so we traveled around europe for a year and um, made it to the the u.s one day and then ultimately to austin we started completely over here like we were almost for like six months literally again i always say too there was like a bench and a trash can i remember we slept near and ate out of it's so crazy you know um and over time we just kind of climbed that socioeconomic ladder my dad got a job you know we went to school and um had to learn english you know by watching shrek so yeah and now you just sound like someone 
I around, I was around the corner. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we. I thought. I think we said California. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we. I don't know. Some people tell me I sound like I'm from California, but yeah, moved here and um, just uh, did life for a little while. Went to high school. Super jaded, weird kid, right? And I have a dad that's super abusive. Has a history of whatever all that was, and then um, you know, obviously too, not not seeing my mom. I was taken from my mom. Um, so now for like 10 years, there's a woman in Germany who's, who thought that her kid was dead, you know, and I'm just motherless. You've been completely. looking for her? Yeah. And yeah. you've just been what, like searching everything, Facebook I, and f- all the, all the interwebs, everything on there, just looking around, calling embassies, um, calling, uh, the Iraqi embassy, the German embassy, USCIS, trying to tackle immigration, uh, which it was super tough, even you know, at a young age, trying to figure out what's happening here. Um, you know, when when our dad took us here, he changed our names, like he created aliases, and so, like, having to just be brainwashed into thinking that we're now like Ismail Elubeidi rather than Sebastian Ibrahim. That's when did my you original. Sebastian Ibrahim. Yeah. When did you figure this all out? How does this come? Oh, in the moment, dude. I mean, come on. Like, I'm, if we're like, we're on a plane to Atlanta, we're on a Greyhound to Austin. Like, our dad's telling us, like, this is your new name now. This is how you spell it. Write it out for me. Write it out for me. Like, you're like, okay, this is weird, dad. You know, I know I'm a 10 year old and I don't know many things, but this is really weird. Where's mom? Yeah, dude. No. I mean, and amidst that, like, an immense amount of abuse, trauma, brainwashing, I mean, verbal abuse, all the abuse, right? So how like, did you finally reconnect with your mom? How'd you find her? Yeah, dude, um, I I ran away from my dad and I was adopted into this family, uh, my family, my my current family. And um, they, uh, we, they helped me kind of like pursue some legal action, but we kept hitting kind of these walls. And, you know, it was just a standstill. It looked like, all right, like I'm gonna have to start a new life here. Um, and one random day, like to me at least, it was super random. I'll tell you later why. Uh, and it's really, it's really neat. It's weird. It's uncanny. Um, but one day I just was looking. I looked everywhere. You know, I called the old school I used to be a, a kid at. Like I did all this work to figure, like I called three other institutions to find out the name of that school that isn't there anymore, to find somebody that worked there, to call them, all while talking German. Crazy ish, dude. And um, I, I, I just like almost gave up and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just YouTube. Right. I looked at, you know, Izzy, Ismael, whatever. Um, and one night I just decided to look my real name up. I don't know why I didn't do that. I, I guess YouTube at the time was where you watched a lot of fail videos, but that's it. That's, that's the, that was the status of YouTube at the time. And so back just, in the cat video days, yes, literally. Yeah. Yes. The, what the Fox, even before that dude, even before Charlie bit my finger, all that it was just this site and i looked my name up my german name and i saw a video that said sebastian ibrahim jacob ibrahim my brother's name uh we're still looking for you and i saw it was like two years old or something and i clicked the shit out of it and immediately i it was a picture of me and my brother when we were younger with our mom and i lost it i just started weeping i i i think i wept for like five minutes and then i watched the full video finally and at the end, there was a there was an email, and I immediately uh, emailed her, and I got a response the next day. And uh, uh, we had a lady at our church, Miss Uli. She had a phone that you could call Germany to for free because the time was really expensive. And so, emailed my mom, got her number, and without knowing it, I called my mom on Mother's Day. So, in her mind, like I just can't imagine like what was happening with her. You know what I mean, like. 
10 years, she hasn't heard anything from us. And then on Mother's Day, 10 years later, she hears from us, from me at least. She hasn't heard anything from my little brother or anything. And yeah, yeah, crazy stuff, man. Um, what did she say? Dude, I don't even remember. Really? Ever, it was just, all just a, It was a blur, dude. All I remember is falling down, like in a yard, like very similar to this. We had a we had a yard at our house and it had all these like leaves and I was just kind of standing and I just like fell down and it just cried. You know so, what I mean? Have you seen us? No. So for six years since you made that phone call? Haven't seen her. Why for not? Six, because of all the immigration that I've had to be doing. And, yeah. and honestly, um, a lot of lame behaviors, man, like... Um, for it, it takes such a long time to fix what I'm trying to fix immigrationally with the alias. We came in as, um, asylees, um, and, uh, we, we have to like do certain work to become permanent asylees. And then after permanent asylum ship, you become a resident and then you become a permanent resident. And then after a permanent resident, you have to wait a certain amount of time to become a citizen. And all those status changes take years upon years. So even then I did the expedited and the super financially taxing method, but got it done. It took 16 years uh, or six years, sorry. Um, and yeah, I mean, in between those six years, we've just been talking, you know. You're um, seeing your next week, right? Dude, yes. Talk to me about that. Dude, for, yeah, man. So I was, I was just waiting for a stamp. I was in the last leg of all this stuff and all I needed was a stamp and I, I was able to get it through a lot of loopholing and all that and yeah a couple of days ago a couple i think a week ago <laughs> we <laughs> we booked a plane ticket to go to germany so mother, she has no idea to, and yourself and no so this is my brother took a different road my brother decided when i ran away from from my dad's home my brother stayed out of fear and kind of took a different direction you know prison you know drug slinging um like multiple engagements, uh, you know, like bought fake identities from Mexico and then went to Germany, ready, saw him and, and my mom saw him. He saw her, borrowed money from her and left to go to China and is now like completely MIA. <laughs> like crazy, dude, crazy stuff. So you're not in touch with him? No, no. no. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So who are you going with? I'm going with my, my best friend, Thomas, one of my best nice. friends. Yeah. He's a videographer and he, yeah, I'm, I'm excited because it's an opportunity, I think, to really show a lot of people, um, what's really out there. You know, I, a lot of people didn't know that I had this going on. Um, and it's not like I was advertising it like crazy, but I think it's hard for people to sometimes realize, like, I know what I was essentially to people. I knew who I was. I was Izzy point and clapping with pink shorts. I was this constantly happy source of energy, whatever, but there's always a past and we often don't know that. And so it's been a cool opportunity to really showcase depth of people, depth of humanity and reality and reality of humanity. Like, dude, we Austinites have it so comfortable. We really, really do. We're so comfortable here. And we forget that people out there get cold. People out there get hungry. You know, we lose mothers, we lose sons death is real and it's not something to you know become depressed about it's it's just real that's all it is it's not sad um it's real and once we come to terms with that is when we, i think we're really free in life and so the beauty about reality is that reality says that you can reunite reality says often as contrary to, to popular belief it reality says that you can come back you can be an underdog. You can be homeless 
eat out of trash cans and you can be the best personal trainer in Austin. You can, dude, you can, yeah. Reality says that there's a lot less of what we thought that's impossible. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's something that we decide on. Like, it's a choice. It's a it's dance between choice and chance. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's, but I think we, we do have an impact on what really goes on. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy that's happening right now in this moment of time. Kind of, we met and we're having this chat and you told me this incredible story and you're going next week to see her. Yeah, man. That's fascinating. So, she doesn't know that you're coming in. <laughs> yeah, dude. What's, it's a little surprise. It's a, dude, did you say little? No, I'm kidding. No, it, it's a huge surprise though. Like it's, it's the, it's, this is the most important plane ride in my life. This is the most important three weeks prior of my life. Yeah. Like I remember being in the hallways of my old house, just, just yearning to become the best at soccer and, and, and really making it up, like going to Olympic development things to find her, to use like anything. A lot of my MO was to literally just find her. And, and that was 10 years, I remember being 16 yearning for that, you know, and it not working out because of immigration and having to deal with that and being a path, like all that, like is just, this is a big surprise. And you know what I mean? Like, she has no idea. She has no idea. You know, she, <laughs> she's gonna, she's just literally gonna do her normal thing. And one day, she, I don't know, man, it might be a knock on the door, but she's gonna see her son and it's gonna be crazy, man. But I want to surprise her, you know? Um, yeah, dude. I mean, you gotta, when I, when I even, even with that one question, any German related question, I can't help but think of like everything associated with that. I tend to sometimes become an overthinker. Um, to a fault. But in this scenario, I'm overthinking in that sense that like, I'm considering her perspective, my buddy Thomas, like this guy's an amazing videographer. He's an amazing person. And like, I, I, I'm in this place where I can literally have him come accompany me to do this thing. And, and yet it'd be so reciprocally, reciprocally like beneficial for him. He, get to pursue this like amazing craft and, and documentary docuseries vlog-esque thing with something that most people don't get to do. I had literally like 10 people voice message me on Instagram. Can I go with you? Blah, blah. I'm like, I guess from a videographer's standpoint, it might be a bit strange thinking about your mom and how it would be if you open the door and she's on camera. Right, right. No, we've discussed that. Like in terms of, you know, battling that, like, that's a great question. You know, I was talking more like what it means to everybody, like what it means to me. And then her seeing a bearded, tatted dude, man, young man, you know, like she saw you was 16 years ago, dude. No, what is it? I'm 26 now. So 16. Yeah. 10. I was like nine or 10 had like missing teeth, dude. And now so, you're just this man that's just shown up and you're, you're her son. That's like something you'd see in a movie. That's what I feel like. My whole, the whole last three months have felt so surreal. I feel, man, and, and I know, you know, I understand like, you know, mindfulness and intentional speaking, but sometimes there's got to be a space for passion. And I'm so passionate about this. Like, yeah. I, like, I feel like a true hero. I feel like I've defied odds, dude. I, I feel so proud of myself. And you know how many people aren't proud of themselves? Like so many people aren't proud of themselves for stupid shit, for not looking a certain way, for not having some monetary value that you get every week, bi-weekly, because for some car, you feel like you need a car to make you feel confident in yourself. Yeah. 
you, what we need to do is keep our own promises to ourselves. And I've kept this promise to myself and I'm, I'm fulfilling it. You know how much confidence that gives me? I mean, I, I can do anything I want, dude. And I will, uh, after this dude, there's sky's the limit, but it's just crazy. Like I'm a, I'm a young man. I'm the best trainer two years in a row. Like, you know, that that's something huge for my mom. I, I you know, and in a way, like you have to throw out arrogance and, and selfish speech in this regard, because it's like, if there was a time to ever be selfish, it would be now. You know what I mean? I think it's okay to <laughs> think about yourself. It's hard, man. And, I and know. It's, it's okay to allow that to happen. <laughs> and, but it's, it's very interesting what you're saying about keeping promises to yourself, because that's something that is truly fulfilling. And it's some, like with the show, I, I really try to surround myself with people that are the types of people that make commitments and follow through on them. Mm. And I think that's an important thing for your own self-development, but it's yeah. also an important thing to share with people around you. Um, it says I, a lot, dude. Yeah, yeah. I really related to your story because I'm actually going to see be reunited with my son. I haven't seen since I left on this journey. Dang. And that's that for me really kind of, it made me feel kind of what you're feeling. Yours is very different in, in very different ways, but um, it's, it's, it's nice to know that what however you spend the time with that person that you haven't seen for a long time that you have this such a strong connection with, it doesn't matter what you do. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about what you're going to do with her? Dude, Because no. I don't think it matters at all. It, it, no, I haven't thought past just like hugging her, man. Mm. Like, like, <laughs> like I needed my, fr I needed Thomas, my buddy to show up and be like, Izzy, like we need this much time before and after. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, I just, I, I just thought show up, hug, leave, <laughs> like, you know, I didn't have, because it's so surreal. So it's so unreal. A day with no, her? hell no, What's dude. We're going to be there a full week. So you're going so, for a week to yes. Germany. It actually been, weirdly got cheaper. outside? No, not, this is the first I'm going to get to travel, dude, man. This is exciting for it, like, you think? <laughs> so many reasons. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm going to go to Syria to visit my friend, Ali. Like I'm going to go to California or, or New Zealand to visit my brother, Cameron. He's doing some wine stuff. Like I got some people in LA I can visit. I can go up to Jersey. Like, Man, I'm about to just explore and I think do, to do what a young man like myself ought to. In this stage, with this ability now, especially with it being so restrained earlier, to explore, to see the world, man. We live in a time that it's it's easier to do that than ever before. And it's, like you said, at this stage in your life, how yeah, old are you? 26. 26. That's, this is like, I feel like that for me and for a lot of people, I've kind of seen patterns in the way our life works. It's like we get to this age where we're really now trying to reconnect to who we really are because as we're growing up we've kind of disconnected from that yep. because we're trying to be a certain way to we followed you know, stupid rules dude stupid rules and 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 but we needed to in that moment to mm. kind of as a defense mechanism for a lot of different reasons yeah. but now we're at this age where we're really finding out who we are yeah and a trip i think overseas into the unknown into the abyss to meet whether you're meeting your long lost mother or whether you're just going out there yeah. to just explore just and see what happens. Yeah. Anything that you're doing that you don't know what the outcome is going to be really helps you improve. And it, you know what it does? It helps detach. Because when you do things where you don't know what to expect, you can't expect anything. So when you go somewhere and you literally cannot expect what's going to happen, it really teaches you to just detach from expectation in general. Like, and I say that as someone working on it, not as if I've mastered it. But when I've, I, as I'm ridding, as, as I'm getting closer to this reality that seems unreal, I'm learning like expectation is, is literally the root of anxiety. It's, 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 
it's the big reason of why a lot of the people are stuck in the matrix or like just robotic or don't challenge themselves, pursue comfort. Like we got it. We got to get uncomfortable, dude. And so romanticized. It's so Instagrammy. I get it, but we, we just have to shut up and do it. I've become a little quieter on my Instagram a little bit and maybe even retargeted or re like just posting different things, like wondering, you know, like, I'm not even crazy about selling online programs or posting results right now because this is this takes precedence. Like this is so pertinent. If I'm the best trainer in Austin, if I'm a trainer that someone looks up to, even in general, like if I'm just a trainer in general, like if I help people do anything, I gotta help myself. And the only way I'm gonna grow to be able to help other people is by getting uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. Mm-hmm. Set aside time to become uncomfortable. Yeah, I can see the the links between that and personal training and people having to do the hard yards and do things that might be a little yeah. bit harder than just sitting on the couch to actually get some to move forward in, in certain areas. You know how uh, anxious and anxiety filling it is to go into a gym you've never been to, to do things with your body you've never been taught to do? Dude, yeah. It's super it's, analogous. Now you're traveling though for the first time. That's, that's scary, yeah, dude. And I mean you're with you're with your best friend, yeah. so it helps, I think. That's yeah. that's a great way to But do after it. that, man, it's gotta be solo. Yeah. I intend to, you know, uh, it's Christmas is coming around. Like I want to spend my first Christmas with my mom or like I want to spend my first, like not my first Christmas. I want to spend a Christmas with her. Like, yeah, it's been 16 years since I had Christmas birthdays, dude. Like I almost feel like I owe her so much time, you know, yeah. it's obviously I don't, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go back on Christmas, man. And like, yeah, dude, it's, it's been crazy. And then even having the support from my family here that adopted me, man, like, it's been crazy, dude. As I've gotten closer to this thing, I've just learned to heal in a lot of other ways, man. Like, you know, even getting lost in this craft, even getting lost in the Instagram and all that, you know, putting putting other things and people above family, you know, all that's turning around because I'm getting closer to a lot of, I think, a big closure, a big chapter closing, a big defining moment, a, a pinnacle of the hero's journey. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like you've been there before, though, and I feel like we go through that cycle many times in our lives. Like you were mm-hmm. talking about running away from home yeah. to then somehow get adopted. It's like, what a crazy thing. How old were you when that happened? 16. 16. So yeah. it's the same thing, right? You're leaving into the unknown. Dude. You're packing your stuff yeah. and you're leaving like as a 16-year-old. Dude. And look at the, 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 the crazy, like, almost like what's the – it's almost like tendrils of events, right? Like very yeah. tentacly, almost like tree branchish, in the sense that like I, I look at like I, I I look at like a mirror with my brother and I. Like I made the hard decision to to go to the unknown, the scary, the uncomfortable, and he was scared and decided to stay somewhere safe, somewhere that he knew. Even if even though, ready, this is such a common case in today's society. Even if where we know we're gonna stay includes danger, self detriment, abuse. As long as we know that that's going to happen, I'm good. We're so scared of the unknown. We're so scared. That's why running away, like from homes, um, being on your own, breakups, trauma, financial mishaps, those are huge. They tell us. I, I think it's Spurgeon who says that these traumas and pain serve as a megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And we're all really distracted or deaf or both. Yeah. So we got to get, I, I can't help but keep saying like, we got to get uncomfortable. We got to do that thing. We got to do the right thing. We know what it is. We just don't want to do it. And that's what really sets aside or sets apart people, dude. Um, and again, I'm not talking as if I am one of those that's the master of this decision-making process and protocol, 
No, oh, dude, I'm learning. I'm 26. I got so much to learn. But I really like that you're humble about it and you're not I have to be, dude. I have to that's be. that's the only way you're going to allow or open the doors for new information. I have to, dude. It's hard, too, because it's a hard place. Like, it is a hard place, dude. It's a hard place to be humble. Like, the line in between self-confidence and arrogance is so thin, dude. Mm-hmm. And and it at some point, like, when do you trust yourself? Like, to you know, maybe you're so aware that you can tell. Like, okay, I'm being arrogant, dude. That's a really that's a really rare state to be in, and not a lot of people can get there. Mm. So then, maybe can we trust ourselves to get there, work away there, be there, and or trust our friends to call us out? I was so fortunate. I had a, a two friends of mine recently call me out on my my commitment keeping. Like uh, I, I did not honor their time at all, and they even prefacing it as brotherly advice. Man, we're like, yo, dude, just gotta let you know, like strong minded people do this, weak minded people do this, and I'm like, no, you're right. What a, what a perfect cycle of communication. What ought to happen? What role has, you know, surrounding yourself with good people had in your life? What role has it served a main role? It has served as the role to put me where I am. I I might have even thought that I did this all by myself. And it, it can be easy to do that, dude. And maybe for me, that's that marker where it can be arrogance or humility um, or self-confidence, right? Like a leader. Uh, a man, like a true man, fully pursuing optim- optimization, their arete, kind of this Greek um, whole roundedness. Man, that guy will take reproof. He will be counseled. You know, he'll take uh, being sharpened by his friends, being mentored, ready, being wrong. And and it's hard being wrong, dude, because we find value in being right. And if we just stop following the rules of like I just started asking like, okay, what if I don't have the right answers at all? Like, am I, am I less? Like, am I less? No, dude, I'm not. It's hard to sometimes figure it out though. When you're questioning yourself, it's hard to first of all get to the point where you're questioning whether you may be wrong and then figure out, well, am I or aren't I? It's like, that's a little game we play with ourselves. And it's interesting. It's hard, dude. It is difficult. It is. It's interesting when you talk about optimization and a true man seeking this optimization is open to you know different uh, types of input that will help him grow even if that means being wrong how did you get into i guess self-improvement self-help personal growth this is what the podcast is all about yeah and what kind of um what led you into that path was it the philosophy when you were a pastor or what what was it i think it was everything man i think it was a combination of philosophy and personal training um i think it starts with learning what Socrates said about physical training. Like even in the, in the old days of gold, right? Like they, they used to say that uh, Socrates literally said that for a man to waste his body without taxing it, without challenging it and seeing how it can grow, how fast it can get is it was a waste of life to, to, to just have this vessel and it not do anything. Um, he said that, and that's a pretty big, bold statement, dude. Um, and, and I wondered like, why does this guy care about fitness? He saw how in hand it is with our mental. It is physical exertion that showcases us to ourselves. Challenge, self-induced challenge is not self-induced challenged discipline that I, you know what I mean? So I realized that again, dude, to be good at pursuing change in my body, the desired change I want, I have to have to pursue these virtues that the Stoics and the great minds of old pursued intentionality, patience. Um, and that's why I think like this, this is why I, 
I am, I, yeah, dude, like, you know, you're saying like, when did it happen? Like, it just kind of came in time slowly though, because I would, I would be a trainer and I would have like yay amount of virtue. And then I would have a circumstance that required more. I would fail in that circumstance and I would learn to grow that understanding, whether it be self-awareness, patience, whatever that virtue that was needed to be above this circumstance, whatever virtue amount I, I needed, I didn't have, I accumulated it over time. It's super analogous to protein synthesis. I failed at a certain rep range. I failed at a certain weight. I have to keep attacking it, keep attacking, rest accordingly, eat accordingly, stretch accordingly, warm up accordingly. I need to do what the body ought to do when like the change, desired change is desired. Well, to do what you ought to do in that scenario is to do all those things. When you do those in time, you will master that weight. So in time, I in those scenarios have grown in those virtues and everybody does that. Mm. I feel as if I've learned how to systemize virtue growth and it's very similar to uh, personal training. It's very similar to changing your body, to getting stronger, okay, physically stronger, mentally stronger, fortuitous, right? Um, How have you systemized it? Just looking at, like in terms of, see, like systemizing it in like understanding that it has patterns and systemizing it that um, in the same way I spend time on a lower region, like I, the, the stimuli that I impose on a certain region of my body, I can in, I can impose a certain type of stimuli to make me activate my patients. Same way I would require quad activation for my squats. I'm choosing to pursue squats in the gym that day. I if I want if I realize that I need to get better at patience in the same way that I realize I need to get better at my range of motion, I can like I did wait and suffer and get tighter and then have injuries and then pursue this range of motion. I can do the same thing with patients. Um, so it's, it's up to me. It's systemized in the sense that it's, it's exactly like personal training. This is why I want to normalize uh, counseling. Counseling is just personal training for the mind. And for us to think that we're going to try to tackle all this shit on our own is really lofty. It can seem arrogant. Like We should be pursuing professionals for our body. Um, now we can do it on our own for sure. But I think when it comes to the complexity of the mind, we should be pursuing professionals. But we can do it on our own, but maybe with some guidance. Maybe we can, you know what I mean? Like some people just pursue getting their body better without a trainer and that's they do it so of, well. That's kind of the role I want to play. I was thinking about this today and that is to kind of maybe challenge people in certain ways, whether that's with the ways they think or with certain challenges yeah. I can set for people every month yeah. and really help them kind of go through this process of like uh, I guess the mental version of protein synthesis and – and, yeah. and help people kind of grow and develop in different ways. And I want to kind of come up with a bit of a system for that as well. Yeah, dude. So that's why I found that really fascinating. Yeah. But it's I think different. I think simply, uh, and even keeping, because when you say system, I'm like, ah, yes. Mm. My brain goes to thinking like I have an online training business that we have pillars. And those are um, accountability, having the correct information, and then also um, it being accessible, right? Like. So it's information, accessibility of that correct information, and then accountability of you following through on what's needed to be followed through on. That's That induces growth, whether it be physical, whatever the stimuli is needed. I tell you, like, do this. You could, you could systemize optimality of the mind. You know what I mean? That's, and that, you know, just like, per, just like the physical uh, sense, it might require, like, the protein powder for the mind, right? What's an, what's analogous to that? It might be nootropics. It might be meditation. 
it might, you know what I mean? Med- I just started creating a, a habit for it again um, because I'm noticing how pertinent it is to train my mind. Meditation's huge, dude. Dude, and I it's don't know, so like, huge. It's, it's, I found it recently, uh, just going through some, my, some of my own things. I just had a breakup recently and I found that meditation is really key when you're un- emotionally unstable. But if yep. you've got a practice that you do consistently, yep. then it's something easy you can go back to that yeah. it's always going to be there to look after you. Yeah. It's always going to be there to kind of help clear your mind and, and show you the right way forward. Yeah. And it's really powerful to build that into into like It's a controlling system. your mind, man. Like, yeah. look, this thing, our brain, it's really hard to control sometimes. We cause our own anxieties. We are not as aware as we need to be. We are constantly imposing on ourselves issues that we could fix and and we could feel happier if we just realize half the shit that we're dealing with is something we've caused on our own in our own mind. Maybe the lack of control. I, think, I always I encourage people to do I that. I think it's kind of controlling your mind, but it's also controlling your mind to stop controlling things. Well played. I love that. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're like right. To really let go There's of There's beauty things. in that, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. No, I, I love that you said that. I even want to I, I even acknowledge it, man, because we get too lost in the hyper control mm. in the same way that extreme of control can be seen in the physical when it comes to macros and making sure we eat the same meal frequency. It's like, no, no, no. If you do the right thing long enough, the change will occur. Mm. We don't have to religiously pursue fats and carbs and proteins. You don't need 90 scoops of protein. You know, it's come back. It comes back to what we're saying about intention earlier. And that includes surrounding yourself with the right people. It includes, making sure that the diet's right and it also includes taking some action and moving forward on things like we like we discussed as well so i think if the intention's there the real pure authentic intention uh, you can kind of accelerate things the more in, the more you put into it so if there's this book someone told me about recently it's called times 10 if you do things 10 times more than what you normally would you're going to get 10 times the results and things are going to happen a bit quicker because we're like we, we do want that magic pure when things happen yeah. overnight and things do take time. And I also think it's important not to realize that there's no real rush. You don't, yeah. there's no, we, we kind of make this false sense of time where we're, you know, we're only in this moment right like, now and things will happen when they happen. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's, it's a balance. It's a balance of like living in the now. It's being present. It's one of the newest things that is kind of in the forefront of my mind is like just being in the moment and yes, being mindful of the future, also mindful of the past, but don't live in that and it, when we, we get unbalanced when we spend so much time ahead we get anxious when we think ahead again there's a lot of intertwining of anxiety and misinformation self-perception and thinking about something that's like the future's literally not there mm. like literally as we're like if you know what I, mean? I mean but that's what that's I think something happened in in the evolutionary chain that made us so the thing that we're really good at is thinking about what's going to happen, mm. figuring that out and then adjusting ourselves. And then at some point we realize that that has an effect, Yeah. but we can get caught up in that, in that game. And we can also get caught up in the stresses of the past. And it really makes us, I guess, suffer in, in the moment, which, which it sucks. Right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know, what do you, what's your, like, I don't know how to put this personal development diet look like. What do you consume uh, versus kind of what you go out there and do? Yeah. It, I think one, it starts with awareness of um, whether or not we are producing or consuming, right? So some people just always consume and never produce and we ought to. It's a balance. And some people just constantly produce and never consume, leaving their own cup empty when maybe they are 
have the opportunity to fill a lot of cups. That's a big responsibility. So noticing the difference in that, but me personally, it's, it's books of history. Um, it's just reading, just reading about all the things, the past, uh, things that are going on now, so current events. Um, and then, you know, some sci-fi, some recreational reading that a sci-fi, a little bit of, yeah, just to be able to see because it's no coincidence that the things in sci-fi books 50 to a hundred years ago are here now. So there is kind of like this little bit of like, I don't know, forecasting in a way that we're doing. So let's be aware of that. There's a lot of things that we keep thinking are impossible that aren't right. Um, even consuming things on television, right? Like what am I doing with it? Also making sure that not everything has to be intentional. Like I don't have to be intentional every time I turn on Netflix. Like I can go watch Bojack Horseman and whatever I am aware that I will get whatever from that, that it's intended for. It's, it's, it's educational, not educational, it's entertainment, but it has some educational undertones, right? But that can be intentional because it if, can. You're, if you're intentionally kind of, resting or yeah. yeah, like if you're like, all right, well, I'm going to spend, you know, my, you know, Friday night yeah. watching this because I've earned it in the gym or I've earned it by training these people for the week and yeah. making my money and, and making other people feel good and, and now yeah. I've kind of deserved this. Yeah. There's something, it's hard, man. It's hard to figure out like, cause yeah, you can, you can intentionally almost not be intentional. Hmm. Like it's kind of unique. Um, but you have to feel for it, you know, but in terms of that diet again, you know, obviously good food. I try to eat as locally sourced. Uh, I know that's all hype words and stuff today, but it's true, man. Like the most bioavailable food, uh, the food that was most sustainable, the least amount of people that got hurt making it right. Like I don't want, I don't want to wear clothes that little kids in China are losing their fingers making. That's something I found out about recently. I looked into it a little bit more and that's kind of freaky what's going on. Yeah. Well, I want to be intentional that way. And it is. Yeah. It exists out there. Being an intentional consumer. Yeah, and dude. What we do with our money has power. It's 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 how we vote. It's how we create change. Considering what we put into our bodies, dude. Yeah. And considering how what we what we do in regards to screen time, this is something I really want to write a book on this, and it's 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 on unplugging and being intentional on how we spend time in front yeah. of screens. But I think this this theme, I guess, of the podcast of intentionality, <laughs> is is very. I don't know. It seems like a very, like what you mentioned before, like Instagrammy kind of thing. But I think those kind of things are often looked over, these kind of sayings, these kind of thoughts, because, you know, they, they are really like a cliche, but they have so much deeper meaning. And I think until you experience it, it's very hard to understand what yeah. the true depth of these sayings are. And I think intention, personally, what I believe is intention is absolutely everything. Yes. Your intention will, will, come back to you that's I think I feel like that's how karma works so you yeah. do certain things maybe no one will find out about it maybe no one will know but the things that you've done have repercussions within yourself it's very causation yeah. and if you intentionally do something that's positive or negative depending on what your perspective perspective on it is then that there will be some kind of a repercussion even if you can't see it or forecast it yeah it, all these decisions that we make have some kind of an effect and it's really interesting when we look at that. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's wild, dude. Yeah. No, I love that you said that. I mean, again, it's it's the thing that I'm known for, but it's also tough. Like when you become when you become the poster child of anything, or when you become that the head or a leader of a certain cause. Like, oftentimes we do forget something that I always want to raise awareness of too. Is is we can learn as we go. Even though I talk about intention, I fail and I fail a lot. But that's what makes us beautiful is that like 
I get to fail uh, and I get to try to not fail and still fail. And how I get up says everything. Yeah. The fact that I will say I fail. The fact that someone can say, look, I'm about this thing, but I'm not perfect at it. But I know it's helped me before in my life. And I, that's how I feel about intention. That's how I feel. And it really goes back. Like, what is intention? Intention is way less physical. And it's way more mental. So no wonder I'm spending time with the mental. Uh, I care about communicating. I care about digging deep. I care about helping get better. I may care about it too much that I forget that, you know, like sometimes we get, we get identity from becoming the best and now we're, we're chasing happiness, which is very circumstantial because I will never be the best, best. What is that? And then what is happiness? Right? So just, we can do what we think is the best and maybe our friends and who we call friends and significant others can really see like they're trying their best and this is that, this is, this is it and it's okay. And I can help that person. You become a beautiful little circle of intentionality, but it's got to start somewhere. Um, and uncoincidentally, no, literally, virtually, because of the start of intention, there there is this amazing outflow of friendships and encounters, experiences that come to fruition, and it's it's life changing, dude. Leads you down these strange paths, huh? Like yeah. you end up going down roads you never expect. Like you yeah. probably didn't expect to be here, for example. Yeah, dude. But you were intentionally. Dude, I'm 26, in. dude, and I, I used, to, I'm already, I was a pastor, full ride to my PhD. I was Olympic development on soccer. I'm a trainer here in Austin, like homeless, uh, travel all of Europe, or like it's crazy. All in these young years. So that's, I mean, experience is also a huge one in terms of why I think the way I think, right? But we have to induce experiences upon ourselves and they just have to be different and when inducing those experiences ask yourself why you're inducing this experience i think when we do that we're going to be pretty excited about what happens so that's a pretty practical step to kind of become a little bit more intentional it's just asking yourself why a couple of times yeah dude which is something i've talked about on the show it's the hardest times. thing though dude it's difficult it's very difficult why do you think it's tricky yeah why oh why um because i think we don't like what we see like if i the times when I've run away from my own like why or when I'm like when I when I it's that funny thing man it's that little bit of awareness that you ask yourself why and you're like no 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 don't and then you you kind of don't ask yourself and and then you know you're like dude I just didn't ask like it's all so synaptic it's so like quick. you're just like lying to dude, yourself a little bit yes you're lying to yourself and yeah. we like to do that man and I and so then okay why like why why do I lie to myself it's like okay I I didn't want to, I didn't want to dig into that because I'm afraid of not being perfect. You know, I care about what people think or, and these are all common things. You know just what I think really helps with that? Writing shit down. Oh yeah. Because you've got stuff down on paper, you're reading that and there's different yeah. parts of your mind. At you know, play. I guess it depends on the person because writing never helps me, dude. It's, it's really thinking, meditative, non-stimuli oriented thinking. Sometimes it is like just random times during the day that that thought exists like these thoughts just show up. But I think it's because I'm eating a certain diet where subconsciously now these things exist that I'm reading, you know, my, my brain without me knowing is wondering, you know, the possibilities of intentionality and like, and then that transfers over. Like if you cut someone off feeling that guilt and be like, dang dude, but that's I, not you. It's you know? difficult to get to the point of thinking when your mind plays tricks on you. And I feel as though yeah. when you write it down, different things work for different people but when you write it down there's no it running concrete, away yeah. there's no running away from what you've written down and then yeah. you read it back and you're like fuck do I really think like that do I yeah. really sound like that and, yeah. and it's it's kind of 
I guess it kind of puts a bit of a stop in the little game you play with yourself. Yeah, true, times. true. That's a really good point. Yeah. That, you know what? You're right. Uh, uh, you're right. Like, I can, you're right. Cause I, that, that's really reasonable and it makes sense. And it makes me think about how a counselor can serve as that notepad too. Exactly. Like, we can be our own counselors. Yeah. We can be our own trainers. We can do this on our own. It's just hard. And we're, it's okay to pursue efficiency for efficiency's sake. Why is everything? Do you want to do this because you don't want to do the hard thing? You want to do the easy thing? Is that why we're going to counselors or is that why we're hiring a personal trainer? Because you want to do it easy? Both scenarios, counselor and personal trainer, you'll see, damn, dude, like this isn't easy. This might be even harder because if I did this myself, I wouldn't ask myself these things. I wouldn't make myself do these things. It's funny, man. When we make the decision to pursue the hard thing, you know, whether it be praying or asking the sky, you know, be careful for what you wish for because you do get it. You really do. And that whether it's you doing it on your own or that trainer, you end up doing the hard work. You all, in our lives, we, we, we face the hard work. It's just whether or not we want to, we want to go in that cave. You got to enter by yourself, dude. You have to. And, and fortune, fortune does favor the bold. So if you go in there, I'm, I'm pretty confident you're going to, you're going to come out a bit more fortunate. In what in other regards more than just finances? We'll be waiting in the cave for you guys with yeah. our daughters and <laughs> yes, uh, dude, celebrating. Yeah, yeah. we love life. Yeah, uh, it's good to do it together. It's good to do it with people as well. That's another important thing to consider is is building your tribe up and and having those those connections to kind it's of hard help though. you. It's hard, dude. There's a lot. Love everybody to death, man. But what of, what do you mean? It's hard. It's hard, dude. Like we're we are all. We all got stuff going on, man. And sometimes it's hard to be a good friend. And sometimes it's hard to make the right decision in whatever level of friendship within other people. Yeah. And then your time and all that. Yeah. It's, it's very rare to find somebody that, that will serve as a catalyst to you in your life. I think it's important to be open to them when they come or even on some level look for them. Yeah. And, and also decide on people that are kind of maybe doing the opposite and decide on how much plus minus and equal there is yeah. something funny about having somebody that's further ahead in life more mature than you having so, having people in your life that are equals in in this in this journey in this doing it together state. like a buddy yeah. yeah yeah buddy or buddies significant others and also right? people that you can help yeah exactly yeah because you can learn a lot though if anything our parents didn't do so well and is learn from us a lot of our a lot of our older generation have been stubborn. They don't want to learn from us because we're their kids. I think every single person has a lesson to teach us. Everyone. Because yeah. in a way, they all represent a part of ourselves. We just gotta remember that. Yeah. We gotta and if that means we hear it first and we're told it's true, then let's experience it. Go travel faraway lands where you meet ready some very mature young people younger than you and you realize, wow, I've encountered that recently. I've encountered a lot of like younger uh, people that have lived a lot of life and are thinking the way they are as a result, you know. It'd be interesting having a chat to you after your trip to Germany. Dude, we down. Do I'd be down, bro. We should do something like a part two. Dude, that'd be cool, man. Yeah, no, because I'm, dude, there'd be a lot of stuff that I'd probably <laughs> have to, like, Well, you're going to change because everyone's always changing in every moment. We dude, that's going to change me so much, dude. Yeah. I'm already changing, man. Like, I know, you know, we're I'm very passionate about these subjects and I want to obviously provide as much value, so I speak a lot, but... You know, ask a lot of my friends. I've gotten gotten really quiet, you know, yeah. and a bit more intent because you just learn yeah. of yourself. Why was I always talking? Why this? You know, but I'm gonna come back and I'm look forward to share how I've changed 
you know, I probably, I mean, I probably will need to seek a counselor or something because there's probably a lot that just happened, you know? Yeah. It'd be, it would be wise to, to reach out to a counselor or, you know, do something. I don't know. Because it's a lot of info, a lot of things to process on your own. Definitely good to have someone to bounce off and definitely yeah. good for them to, you know, if you find a good one, for you to be able to discover things in in questions that they ask. And yeah. I've heard great, I've never had one, but I've heard amazing things. Yeah. And I used to think counsel is someone that you go to when you're, when you, when you're sick. You know? Yeah, but dude, I right? Think, I think it's actually everyone, like from what I've heard, everyone should have one. And, and, yes, and dude. People that have, my brother's got one and my ex had one. It's really nice. Yes. To, I love the normalcy of how I've heard a couple of people already talk about therapists. Like it's been yeah. so normal to be like, yeah, my, my therapist told me and I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cool, man. I think. This was a good chat. Dude, this was a great what chat. Before we go, do you reckon you could uh, maybe throw some uh, philosophers that you really like at us Ooh. or could you let us know about some podcasts or some history yeah. books or anything that's kind of helped you on your journey that may help all these guys? Out yeah, there? I think a lot. I saw, I've, I've received a lot of my answers to life from a lot of the Roman, the Greco-Roman, Mesopotamia era in terms of history, a lot of books that discuss that the the dynasties and kings and, and and politics involved because you learn that we're doing the same thing now um it's a fancy way of saying history repeats itself but study history to see it repeat itself and it'll start a lot of stuff start making sense to you start reading people like socrates plato uh marcus aurelius aristotle um seneca uh even you know I'm trying to think nietzsche um Jordan Peterson, uh, that'd be a really great little spectrum of time and traveling forward uh, and see how the great minds of old Jordan Peterson in there. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I would, I would even honestly put like a little bit of Charles Spurgeon. There's a lot, there are a lot of great Christian philosophers, um, that do a great job on some of the virtues like love. Yeah. A lot of the modern philosophers and even some of the philosophers in the past, I don't know if they, they've given enough, uh, on, on some of the the abstracts, the quintessentials like love or beauty or even art. Whereas I think we're getting there now. I've even learned to appreciate those art and, and see the virtues intertwined within themselves through exposing myself to these guys' readings. Um, yeah, man. And then aside from that reading, um, other, like even Netflix documentaries that are, um, that point you towards thinking on your own explained. Boom. That's one really amazing modern resource um, that that really does a great job on ex- again explaining a lot of why we do what we do and what happened in the past, uh, and it tackles a lot of great questions that we're really scared of. A lot of people aren't thinking about a lot of the questions that they pose. I don't even want to say them to get people thinking, uh, or even dangerously us get into them. But explained on Netflix and then unnatural selections, anything that deals with ethics. Um, I would even say the metaphysics and the philosophy section in half price books. Dude, you'll have a blast there. Seriously. That's a good uh, little tip actually. Dude, yeah. Those half price books. Half price books is this. Yeah, dude. That's just, that's game over there. Cool. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Good People Effect. I hope you got something out of that chat with Izzy. I'm going to just lead you again to Today Dreamer, my YouTube channel where I'm going to be throwing up videos. There's a video on this episode and there's also some other episodes on there you can check out, including one with a Buddhist monk. It's episode number 13. It's my most popular episode and definitely want to point you in that direction if you're interested in 
deepening your connection with yourself. Uh, it's an amazing chat that I had with him in his garden quite a while ago now, but it, it's been a quite a popular one that a lot of people seem to enjoy. So feel free to check that out. If you want any more information on Izzy or on any of the things that we talked about today, there'll be a show notes section on the website, goodpeopleeffect.com. There'll also be in-depth articles and practical ways that and strategies that you can really better connect with yourself and start growing in a conscious manner um, and and move closer to who you really are. And that's, that's kind of what everything on this show is about. So head over to goodpeopleeffect.com if you haven't already. And um, yeah, until next time, guys, be well, and I'll catch you in the next episode.